there. We just were saying that, you know, one of the big barriers, barriers we face is that, um, you know, yeah, we live out in, in a rural community and uh, the kids tend to give up. Like they, you know, maybe they see their folks not working and, you know, they, they don't have their temps and they're 18, they don't have their license, um, no access to a car or anything like that. Um, you know, but uh, if, they, if they had access to that, you know, it, it really kind of turns them around and gets, gets them thinking and gets them taking their lab and everything else more seriously. So. That was Jack Wessel from Wilmington, Ohio at the Laurel Oaks Career Campus. He's partnered up with Gary Bronson, who you'll meet in just a second here, to really address all those observations that he was that he was listing off there. How often do we ha- make those observations? And we kind of take the easy out of, oh, that's, that's just a product of their choices, or uh, that's just society today. Uh, these two guys did something are, are doing something, uh, some awesome action steps, some awesome action behind addressing those observations. So we're going to dive into that. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Shop Class Podcast. Just a brief intro here. Uh, I, Ron and I, this is a giant experiment. And we've done 32 episodes, I believe, of season one. We're going to call it The Rough Drafts. And once we reached all the low-hanging fruit, once we kind of got into all the topics that we could get into pretty easily, um, we kind of decided, all right, let's let's change things up a little bit. And so that's what I'm doing today is playing around with the audio, um, playing around with a different style of storytelling format, and maybe we'll continue doing it this way, maybe we won't. You'll just have to follow along to see. But if you do like something we're doing, let us know and we'll try and continue doing it that way. But anyways, let's dive into who these two guys are and what exactly they're doing. Okay, well, I'm Gary Bronson. I teach industrial diesel mechanics at Laurel Oaks in Wilmington, Ohio. Um, We're with the Great Oaks School District. We have four campuses. Ours is a rural um, campus, um, you know, located in farm country. I teach 11th and 12th graders. Um, just getting them ready for the heavy equipment industry, diesel mechanics. Um, I'm Jack Wessel, uh, same school district and everything. I'm an intervention specialist. Um, you know, I work with 11th and 12th graders. Uh, you know, we've got a, a pretty high special ed population out here. So, you know, we try to uh, help the kids academically, but we're also trying to do things to, to help them out, to, to get them to work and, uh, so that's kind of how, how this program started was Gary and I getting together on this. Can you expand on what an intervention specialist does? Sure. It's uh, just kind of a different name for a special education teacher. Um, but there's just so much more that we do today. Um, you know, we make sure they've got the fundamentals. They've got, you know, a, a place to stay, uh, you know, they're, that they're fed, that they're, you know, their, their needs are met. So we do a lot with, uh, you know, our, uh, the outreach that the, the county has, and we do a lot with our counselors. Um, it's just, uh, it's a lot more than, than old school special ed. Um, we try to keep students in the classroom as much as possible, do inclusion. Obviously, the students are in the labs like Gary's, and uh, we work with them, you know, as, as much as possible to help them meet um, all the testing requirements that schools have today and as much as possible to help them get their certifications so that they can be a mechanic or whatever they're pursuing. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy and he's got some great ideas too. And I don't know, we were just talking. Um, he needed, he had somebody needed a vehicle and he asked me and it all, it all kind of fell into place with what we're doing. We were having a conversation just about, you know, all the things that bug us, I guess. And uh, um, I guess I mentioned something about a kid need a car and Gary had said that he donated one to, to a student in the past and, uh, you know, kind of just started rolling from there. We just were saying that, you know, one of the big barriers, barriers we face is that, um, you know, yeah, we live out in, in a rural community and uh, the kids tend to give up. Like they, you know, maybe they see their folks not working and, you know, they, they don't have their temps and they're 18, they don't have their license. Um, no access to a car or anything like that, um, you know, but uh, if, they, if they had access to that, you know, it, it really kind of turns them around and gets, gets them thinking and gets them taking their lab and everything else more seriously. So, you know, I don't know. Was that, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think it's super important what you're doing. Just so everybody listening understands what's going on is that you guys collaborated on a program that um, I read up on. It's really cool. You guys collaborate on a program where you're getting vehicles into the hands of people that need it in your school. So imagine like you're a student and you're in this rural community and uh, as Mr. Barbacek was explaining, there's not much public trans and uh, I was talking to him earlier about it. It's amazing. What a cool thing. So imagine you're a student and then like the school cares about you and you have a program you can work with them on. I mean, that's just like, what a cool thing you guys are doing. Uh I want to take a second to really double down on that description Ron just provided us. This is awesome. People donate cars, non-running vehicle, just a car. It's okay. And their diesel lab students go through with Gary and inspect, repair them. And... They didn't take that vehicle and through somewhat of a vetting out process we'll go through, they will donate that vehicle to a student in need, okay? And Ron's right, you're a student, you're in need, you're struggling to start out and your school invests in you by providing transportation. Wow. Also, the kids get the experience of doing service-based learning by helping to work on this vehicle. Just wow. Uh, can you guys give us some examples of like how it's working so far? Yeah, Gary, you wanna take this one? Yeah, sure. The, uh, the first time I did it was probably two years ago. I had a, um, a student that wanted to work on his pickup truck. He had a head gasket leaking. And I said, yeah, we'll do it, but we're going to do it properly. We're not going to just slap on a head that we found somewhere. We're going to send the head to a machine shop and have it checked out to be done properly. And uh, we got into it and the head was cracked and that added another three or 400 to the bill. And really the truck wasn't worth it. So uh, John Conlon, um, one of our, uh, oh, what's, what's his title, Jack? Uh, he, he, he helps with recruiting and jobs for students down at our district office, but he came to me just kind of uh, uh, on the spot also, just timing was right, and said, hey, I got a car I'd like to give away. You know any kids needing it? I said, I got just a kid. And uh, he said, tell you what, so they got some skin in the game. Let's tell him 50 bucks and he can uh, have the car. Well, John turned around and gave me the 50 back to put right back in it. So I went down on a weekend of my time uh, with the trailer, picked it up, 
Um, it had sat for like two years. He had started to put a radiator core support in it and got in and probably over his head a little bit and, and it just sat. So we brought it back and revived it from the dead and, and this student ended up taking it. Um, and it was a good fuel mileage car, but the problem we ran into was he wanted a pickup truck and he was, you know, I can understand. I have a Ford Ranger. I, I, I love it. Yeah. I there love was nobody it. giving away $50 pickup trucks. So <laughs> when you need wheels, you need well, wheels. Mine's probably worth 50 bucks. So. Okay, well, maybe we'll buy it from you and uh, yeah. <laughs> bring it on up. But uh, uh, it, what ended up happening there was, uh, you know, we went through the brakes and the, the, uh, put a thermostat in, I think we might've put a water pump on it. And it was a turnkey, decent little fuel mileage car. Well, he went over the summer, I was at Skills USA summer camp and he called me during that week and said, Mr. Bronson, I found a truck I want to trade for. Will you look at it? I said, well, I'm not going to be home until Friday, but I'll come by when I get back and we'll look at it. Well, he couldn't wait and he traded this off. So we lost all the headroom we made and he, he got a truck that was just terrible, terrible shape. And so we lost all that. So that's where we, with that and what happened the next time that we, you know, I, I didn't take the vehicle and give it to the student, but I, the donor gave it directly to the student, you know? So, I mean, we were doing it the legal way. It was just, it was here and we were fixing it. And then it went to the student. Um, the second time we did it, he ended up, you know, probably seeing that uh, he could get a thousand more than what uh, um, he had in it, put in his pocket and he sold it. Um, so now we put a lien on the vehicle where they cannot sell it. Both of those times before the students paid for the parts. Um, and the second time they just paid for the parts, both of them. So, so this is a cool thing that you're doing. Like it's an interesting detail. So when I read your, like the document description about it, I didn't realize you could put a lien on something. So, so me personally, I've given um, a car to a student and it wasn't through the school. Like um, I had a, uh, a student that deserved it. He wasn't going to go to automotive college without a ride. And so I said, really, that's what's holding you back? I said, okay, I, I got a car in the driveway that I'm not using. I'm going to give it to you. So I gave it to him. But yeah, it's at the risk that he could sell it. You know, I gave it to him for free. And I like what you're doing is that you're doing it. He's got skim in the game. They bought it. Plus, now they can't sell it. And this is a very interesting detail. Uh, you elaborate on how that works. Well, that was, you know, bringing it to the next level. It's not that we, you know, wanted to charge them uh, monthly payments. It was just to stop, you know, a poverty situation. And I've learned a lot about poverty since becoming a teacher. They, they tend to worry about today only, and they see a short-term gain where we can put 500 in our pocket or whatever by selling it and then we're back to no transportation. That's why we wanted to do that is put a lien on it. Uh, it's just for one year is what we're doing now. I mean, this is constantly evolving. Um, and, and once that year's up and they've maintained their insurance, that makes us be able to also force them to maintain insurance and follow through with our other stipulations. Like, uh, you know, Jack's doing a little bit of financial counseling, which he's, we've got a pretty cool story with that where we, he coached a kid that was about to bury himself in debt and, showed that showed the kid uh, wow. what savings can do for you that's um, great people talk about life skills class this is a life skill so this is matthew jumping in again and i just want to take a second to one acknowledge the fact that this was a conversation take uh, taking place between four educators and i didn't bring it up in the conversation but i too have also given away a vehicle to a student 
that's three out of the four and and maybe jack's got his own story but this is something we need to remember about our educators they are on the front lines and get a very interesting viewpoint of the these poverty observations that gary are talking about and they take a lot of it to heart and they put a lot of action behind this and so it's super commendable what they're doing and sometimes yeah they get gypped uh you know sometimes it works out great we're willing to take that risk as educators now we're going to talk a little bit about and the the requirements that they have he, he goes into it a little bit but i want to expand on that so these students if they want to get, receive one of these vehicles they're completing an act uh, application and are on a recommendation basis and they gotta pass drug testing provide proof of insurance monthly uh they must uh, be employable planning to work uh, to take advantage of that transportation. That's why it's providing it. It's called Cars for Careers. Maintain that job, come to school regularly, keep the grades at an acceptable level, and basically just display a professional attitude. So here they are finding these students with potential and making sure that we bring that potential, potential to fruition. What students get in, involved in is, uh, you know, these buy here, pay here lots and cars, 25% interest is just insane. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. you know, we try to not, you know, try to stop them from getting, uh, uh, you know, um, saddled with uh, a burden like that. You know? yeah, my students, they, they uh, you know, get all excited about credit cards. And I, I give a counterpoint of view. I'm like, listen, I don't think you need a credit card. If you can't afford it, don't buy it. Now, I know there's people that say you got to have credit and whatnot, but, you know, it's, you know, if you're getting the credit card and using it like a gift card, that's not how it would set up and you're going to get your, I got myself in the debt. I did it. So, and I pulled myself out and I've no credit cards for like 10 years. So, but that's not for everyone. That's for me, you know? but I at least give a counter point of view. So I'm really happy that I hear that you guys are doing that because, you know, kids, they're hit with all this advertising and they don't know any better and their parents have credit cards. So they're like, okay, I'll get a credit card or I'll put my car on credit. And then boom, before they know it, the bank owns them. You know, yeah, that's the thing. Doing this programs really opened our eyes to, to a lot of stuff that goes on. And I'd say that the kid that we work with the most is probably a student who's almost on their own, uh, maybe homeless, and we're, we're trying to start that, uh, we'll go down that road of, of we kind of suggesting credit cards, but you know how dangerous they are too. And then, you know, a lot of our students are, are maybe special needs students as well. So they're dealing with that. Um, but the problem is if they don't have a family that can co-sign and they can't get to work because they don't have a car, you know, it's like the whole chicken and the egg thing. So yeah. um, the best, uh, from talking with bankers and stuff, I guess the best way to, to uh, create credit is to get like a secured credit card, you know, and then build credit from there. If you're a kid with no, you know, no opportunity, nobody else helping you out. But again, and again, like you said, it's like, you know, do I, do I tell them to do that? Or do I tell them, Hey, you should save somehow. And how do we get, you know, how do I even get the money for them to get a secured credit card? You know, how do we get them money to get insurance to get even this free vehicle? So we, we've definitely, we've created a lot, a lot of questions by going down this road and, trying to help these kids out. But, 
you know, I, I think we've, we've had a little bit of an impact. Um, we've helped nine kids get either their temps or their license since January. Wow. We've given away one car, um, you know, just to a perfect student who's won a bunch of awards. She just graduated. Um, you know, just, I mean, she's the ultimate success story. And, and we, you know, we don't want to, um, you know, use her like as an advertising piece. But I mean, just an amazing kid who is uh, doing great things over here at a local business. Um, absolutely needed a vehicle to get to work. And now she's getting to work every day. Um, just, just doing amazing work. Go ahead, Gary. That's a story in itself. I mean, not to use her for advertisement, but that was just such a special, um, you know, we struggled to find the right student. We're working on figuring out how, how we choose those students also. They got to be in our clean for my career program. They have to have good grades and attendant decent grades. We're not, you know, on this by, you know, screen by any means. Lindsay's her name. She had faced some serious adversity in life. Um, you know, so kind of she was on her own in a way. Um, that lady even called and, and talked to our dean and, and talked about uh, um, how they had just talked about she wanted a car and, and they explained to her that she couldn't afford it and she was teared up when she called in. And so that was, you know, I got choked up when we gave Lindsay the car. She was just absolutely overjoyed. She said she's never going to sell it. Now, I don't know why you'd want to keep a 98 minivan for the rest of your life, but she certainly was tickled to death. So. Um, yeah, that, that was the day where there were, uh, so our, our Dean, Mike Hart's doing a lot of work with us too. And, uh, there were three big dudes that were, uh, <laughs> kind of oh, I bet. You know, looking around and trying not to, you know, try not to, uh, uh, yeah, tear up, I guess. Cause it, yeah, it's now you're giving me goosebumps just now. Just listen yeah. to this. This is great. But uh, Lindsay was working on the Patriots aircraft up over uh, next door here at, uh, airborne maintenance and engineering services it used to be airborne express where I used to work. And, uh, so we had a picture of her with that, but we couldn't utilize it because she was at work and she wasn't really allowed to have those pictures. But, you know, she's working on the Patriots football team's aircraft. She's an aircraft painter. So uh, wow, that's so cool. cool that she's doing all this. And and she's she's obviously a smart girl. She's dating a diesel student, you know, diesel guys. But uh, <laughs> she's dating one of my other students and they make a good combo. And, and her boyfriend's actually the one that uh, Jack talked off the cliff of burying himself in debt on a okay fully diesel truck which was a good story in itself there with counseling him on you know he sat down on paper i mean i think he you built a spreadsheet didn't you jack to show where you can enter oh. anyway this kid was going to spend like twenty thousand on a truck and uh we we put it in his information it turned out he should only spend about six maximum so he started thinking about it and he's like wow that makes sense you know i do have to pay for my phone and insurance and food and i gotta move out here so you know, I, I mean, and it, it was so cool because he actually followed through and a lot of kids, you know, you give them information, they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But three more of his buddies came over and they're like, Hey, you got that magic spreadsheet thing that we put our information <laughs> nice. in? <laughs> nice. <laughs> magic spreadsheet. <laughs> Cause it, you know, you put the one number in and it spits out your information. So they're like, wow, that's awesome. But I don't know. I, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's almost like you can't standardize it though, because if we taught it to him in class, I think it'd be in one ear out the other, just one other thing they'd sleep through. But yeah. for some it's gotta, reason. It's got to matter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we're hitting them at the right time when they're going out with money in their pocket to buy. And I guess, you know, it, it struck a chord. So, you know, I guess we, we helped a couple kids anyway. 
this part right here is so important. Uh, hitting the students at the right time for it to have the most meaning uh, to them. And that takes huge relationship skills with your kids, which you'll hear more about just how strong a relationship these guys have with their students. Um, it takes good timing. It takes good observations of where they're at. But it's so true. It, Ron said it. It's got to matter. Jack reinforced that. It's got to matter. And so I, I think that's an important point that we've got to remember as educators. And it's not easy to facilitate. There's a lot of uh, timing. you got to get right. But let's continue listening to we get into how they kind of set this whole foundation up and um, different loopholes they've had to go through for that. So yeah, I think your sheet your sheet showed that if he saved for a year, he'd have nine thousand, right? I oh yeah, and he was like, whoa, I'd have you know half of it already right. saved, and and I went with him to the car dealer. He called me and he was there to come look at it. And uh, um, the salesman, you know, was pushing him. And Grandpa was going to give him like three grand to put down on it or something. Can you get a hold of Grandpa now? And I'm like, yeah, you better hang in there, buddy. Just hold on. Don't be doing anything rash here. And and you know, they were treating it like the truck. You know, this is such a good deal. The truck's going to be gone, and fly off the lot. Might still be sitting there now, three months later, probably. But uh, it wasn't going anywhere, and didn't for a few weeks at least. I know for a fact. So, I you know that was that felt good to talk a kid off of a burden like that, you know, when it's hard enough to uh, get out on your own when you're starting out. So. Yeah. That's such a statement to what we do as educators where we really, I mean, taking a trip to a car dealership with a kid is, is nowhere in our job description at all. Right. But um, the fact that you did no sweat off your back, I mean, it's, and it makes sense too. I mean, you look at the, uh, you got to live around these kids. Uh, they're probably just going to be around your community. You know, I live in a very small community. So if we put out a bomb, you know, I got to drive past that bomb every day. Um, if we put out a success story, like what you guys are working out, I get to drive, you know, by that success stories house or watch them grow and develop, you know, cause, uh, it's, it's, we don't get a lot of people escaping the rural areas very well when they do they, they're already set up for success. They're already college bound. So, you get, I mean, you guys are really just hitting my heartstrings here with what you're doing here. And it's reminded me of somebody once told me, and I forget the number, but the somebody calculator crunched the numbers on the economic impact that a good teacher can have uh, on, a, on the uh, economy or whatever. And it was, you know, it was a major return on investment compared to what we get paid. And um, I think you guys have taken whatever that number is and multiplied it by like, you know, a hundred, you know, that. That, that young couple, if, if they start a family, you know, you got them out of the poverty cycle. Like uh, that, that, that's going to uh, help their, their kids do better. It's going to help, you know, you, I mean, you've got a cycle of awesomeness. This is great. You guys, um, is it a separate nonprofit entity or is it uh, within the school? And is it like, um, is it like a, just a school program or is it just between you guys or is it casual? Or how does it work? Well, the first time I did it, just I did it out of my pocket, and then they paid me back for the parts. But uh, we've got the uh, our foundation, the Great Oaks Foundation, came on board and agreed to do it. We had to go down and present to them and talk about what we were doing and how and why. And they've worked, they've worked with us. We were looking into our own nonprofit because I don't know. It just seems that 
right off the bat, you get a lot of no's with anything in education. Right, right. So, you know, we, we talked about it and we're looking into it. And, oh, uh, like one year I had a kid that, that kind of dropped out of school and decided he was moving to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And he got down there and found out it was a little tough to make and the carrier bearing went out of his truck. And so he's calling up here and the foundation, we you know, helped him get it back going and he came back to school and graduated. So, uh, you know, kid needs shoes. We buy him shoes or a winter coat or whatever it is. The foundation's there for that. They have uh, golf outings and uh, I think we got a big fundraiser coming up now where they have gift baskets and things. Hmm. So this foundation has been put in place as kind of like a um, emergency fund that, students can access you guys can access to yeah, help them out I think, correct me if i'm wrong jack but i think they give each campus five thousand dollars for the year to for you know like a kid's house burned down and they right. you know or a parent passes away and they you know buy them a few meals you know gift cards for meals or groceries or whatever it may be it's it's there it's pretty cool it's for the right reason and uh you know stuff you'd never think a school would do you know if we took the donation as a school that's government property and I can't give away government property or we can't. So that's why we have to run a car through the foundation. Oh, I think that's yeah. an important Yeah, that's thing. the catch there. That's why we have to have the foundation doing it individually like I did just being that I had the donor give it directly to the student, they wouldn't get a tax benefit because they were just giving it to a kid, not to a foundation. Now they can have some kind of tax benefit. I'm not a tax person. But, uh, yeah, that makes so. sense. You know, like donating something to Goodwill or, you know, you'll get a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think, I think, cause I think that this idea could probably translate to other um, content areas too. Well, and I think like I, I, a few, so someone reached out to you about starting a nonprofit. Is that still like something you're going to keep on the back burner in case this foundation partnership falls through or you, you feel pretty, pretty reliable? relationship with this foundation so far uh, Jack. i'd like to pursue um kind of taking it out on on its own because we've already kind of run into um you know oaks the foundation you know they're they're piloting it and i, I think they'll stay with us i don't think they're gonna you know tell us we have to stop but um they've, they've already kind of mentioned other campuses and and uh you know i don't know i personally i want to i want to serve our area like oaks is a huge school district and we are kind of the farthest east. We are uh, kind of out in, in Appalachia. Um, the other schools are, are closer to the city. Um, they've got public transportation. They have a lot more opportunity. They have a lot more jobs and everything. And, um, you know, the communities we serve are, are uh, you know, um, it's kind of either rich or poor. I mean, you're either a, a farmer with 200 acres or, you know, a, a professional a mechanic or something like that. Or, you know, you're just, you're broke and you're out here and there's no transportation. There's no, you know, YMCA. There's no, you know, opportunity like there is in a city or a suburb. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of like to, we could kind of do our own nonprofit and, uh, and serve this community a little bit more than, than uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I hate to sound selfish, but I don't really want to share with uh, the folks who have more opportunities, you know, for the, for the kids and everything. Um, I, I think it's just needed more out here so you know um something to think about this is my reaction when i um when i read the document the first thing i thought was man nonprofit or entity like a private entity you know not part of the school and the reason i thought that was not so much like because of the car 
and the tax situation, I know that's, you need some way to pass that through, right? Um, but also for the, uh, for the, um, the structure of it. So like, okay, you guys as educators went out and took a risk and did something above and beyond. Not every educator can do this or wants to, but if they had a structure through your nonprofit that gave you the structure, maybe the car happened some other way, but more information. Basically, I think your concept could be national. You know, this is, you know, not that, I don't know if that's your, you know, goal, but what I'm saying is like, when I did it, I had to do it like rogue. I just gave it to the kid and then I actually, the family wanted to meet with me. So I met with the family and then uh, I did another donation to another student and I went through a local foundation, but it's kind of like rogue, you know, it's not really, and I'm sure there's teachers that have extra cars and then it gets strange, like to give a car to a kid, there's liability that, you know, it's like a little bit, but if, if, if your foundation or if your idea like had uh, like a structure that was available to other people and other teachers, they could probably jump on board and maybe, you know, they could find a local, you know, I, I'm saying the finances is one thing and the how you do it is totally another, you know, and I think you could educate a lot of teachers and maybe more of these transactions would take place. I don't know. Just my suggestion. No, that's a really great idea. Um, you know, my last school was just a public high school and, and I kind of mentioned it to administrator once and they were like, you're crazy, you know, all the liability and we'll get sued and, you know, where's the money going to come from? And, um, you know, I've only been with Oaks two years. I'm not a lifelong Oaks guy, um, but I, I just can't believe that they have this, honestly. Um, and, and then our administrators, they're willing to, to take the risk and, and we're a big district. And you think, well, bureaucracy and everybody say no, and the foundation will be worried about getting sued. But again, for how big and bureaucratic we are, I'm just super impressed that, that they let us run with this. I mean, I thought we'd go down to, to the corporate office and they'd be like, guys, this is, you know, no way we're taking this on. So just the fact that they've been, they backed us has been amazing. So it's been, been really great. Yeah. Like just one more thing I would add, like when I gave the, I'm glad it's happening. So like when I gave the card to the student, the student's family signed it over and then he went to college for um, automotive, two-year uh, associates, finished it, full-time mechanic. So the whole thing worked out. And yeah, there's people that say to me, oh, well, the risk, don't take the risk. But I mean, I'm risking it on a person. I mean, you know, someone had to somewhere stick their neck out for you somewhere. You know, yeah. you know progress yeah. doesn't come from nothing. Right. So, Everything comes with risk, yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are doing a great thing, and I'm really happy that you're willing to do that, and then you got the support. And then even on the structure on how to do it, that's interesting. I think it's just as valuable as the financial side too. Again, I think this idea could translate, uh, whether it's a construction class doing uh, tiny houses to help someone get started out, or, or you know, some construction classes do like the Habitat for Humanity thing. Um, I think we get really creative with, uh, some other things, uh, you know, it's of, okay, how can we enable, activate and empower these kids within our content areas? Um, I just want to, I want to brag about you for a little bit. I studied up on your, uh, your Harbor Freight Tools for Schools, uh, thing, and you're talking about you know, your students with, uh, poverty issues. You're talking about students with special needs. 
but this was this just popped out right right at me when I was reading it up. You got an 87% passage rate for diesel engines, 92% for electrical, 92% for steering and suspension, 96% for maintenance. I mean, kids show up, they they're walking out of there with highly employable, marketable stuff. I mean, take take the car aside for a second. That's very meaningful and very awesome. But even this alone is very meaningful and very awesome. Uh, how how long has it taken you to kind of get this program at this peak, at this pinnacle? Well, it's those are the state web exams. Um, this is my eighth year. Um, you know, I just enjoy what I'm doing, and I think that you know shows through. Uh, you know, we do a half an hour in a classroom or 45 minutes or all day if they make me angry, but, uh, you know, <laughs> so, or if they're not acting right. But uh, uh, that's very, very rare that we've, we've ever done that. But uh, um, I don't know. I just enjoy what I do and, and I hope they do too. And I push, push, push to get them to do, do the things we need to do. And, and uh, it, it, it pays off. Well, our uh, second vehicle is almost ready. Then my students were putting a uh, brake master cylinder on it today. Um, even the bringing these vehicles in has brought in so much real world work that has to be right. And it's not the lab trainer vehicles have been apart 40 times. Um, you know, they have to struggle. That's brake drum's been on there for years. And, and I like that work too. I like the authentic work. Uh, kids can call it where the parts. They can research what we need. Um, you know, we order it and we fix it. So, so yeah, sounds like it. Now do the kids when they're working on this and you tell them, Hey, this is going to go to a student in need, you know, does that, uh, foster a lot of uh, buzz and energy in the room? Is that, that service-based learning very beneficial for you? Have you seen in the culture? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a lot of compassion, uh, you know, even the, our special needs program, uh, that teaches the special, uh, what do I want to say, Jack? More severe special needs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the basic job skills. Well, they'll come over and work with my students, and you know, polish and clean the vehicle. And and uh, other people have said that by the Career X students doing that, they see them interacting more with uh, other students in the hallway. And and uh, wow. one kid comes over and he's 300 mile an hour, and the kids just get a kick out of him because he's just wound. He comes running in the lab. Woohoo! I'm in diesel today. You know. And, <sighs> Uh, they see that enthusiasm and you know and I, I did take mine over there one time to work in their lab and kids said I get it Bronson he said we don't try we have the ability and don't try and these kids really wow. struggle and 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 can't get it you know they do try and uh, that was cool that you know they recognize that wow. I love helping those kids around and helping out and you know my kids are compassionate with them it seems like and take care of them look out for them so that's what what does your shop look like? Is it how many bays? Give, give us like an overview. I mean, I, I'm like, we got like, it's a basement with a garage door. This is, you know. <laughs> yeah, mine's pretty small also. It's, uh, it's probably, I don't know, 75 feet deep. Uh, we had a 40 foot bus in there that pretty well plugged up the center. And then there's, you know, uh, about eight bays along the sides. So I am jam packed most of the time with all the projects that we're doing. Um, Gary, you're, you're, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You guys. Gary doesn't like to brag about himself, but uh, I mean, he's found some awesome projects for the kids too. I mean, like you said, he's not the, you know, come in at nine, leave at five guy and uh, just do work on the trainer vehicles. He's always working, looking for something else. You know, the cars for career thinking is great because we're bringing in those outside vehicles. 
He's trying to bring in – I mean, he got – he went over to the airport, and they were giving away, getting rid of an old fire truck, like an old the, – the giant ones they put out fires on airplanes. Well, he got them to donate that to us. I mean, what – what kind of teacher? I mean, who, first of all, who's that got those connections? And then he spent his own time, went over and got it, got it running to get it here. Um, you know, he's got the kids working on the ho on the water system on that, on getting the motors running. I mean, how, how unique an experience is that? Um, he's got all kinds of custom built vehicles. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, if the guy had a, a thousand foot space, he'd, he'd have it jam packed. So, yeah, you know, that's true too. I tend to fill up a barn. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about unique experiences? I mean, if someone tried to give us a helicopter, I think he'd take it. He'd explain how it applies to diesel. I mean, you know, because there's brakes on everything. There's you know, wheels are wheels. I mean, you know, so uh, but it, it's been really cool to see what. I mean, it's always something new back there. I'm always going back, taking pictures, and sending them to my friends. Like, hey, look what this guy's got back here today. So it's, wow. if you're a kid, I don't know how it wouldn't grab you. You know, if, if, if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. So, well, yeah. so if, if I wanted to see more of that, uh, what you're talking about, because I'm sure if you're someone listening to this, you got to get excited by that. So is there like, do you have a webpage or an Instagram or something like that? Yeah, our uh, Industrial Diesel Mechanics Laurel Oaks on Facebook. I post, you know, places we go and field trips and projects and student success. Right. I'd like to say about our community here is, you know, uh, back in uh, when I worked at the airport at Airborne Express, this was their hub for the U.S., um, 10,000 people lost their jobs. Uh, DHL bought us out and about two years after that, you know, they ran it into the ground and... Uh, moved everything back to Cincinnati. So we were in a pretty severely depressed area as far as jobs and job losses. Um, so, you know, that's one of the issues we faced and me getting kids to go to the city for jobs has been a big, big help. Uh, you know, they have to think outside the box and be willing to travel a little bit for some of the better paying jobs. And, and there's, it's really come back around here. Amazon's starting to fly in out here to the airport and uh, they're hiring now. Hmm. I generally have actually more jobs and I have students eligible um, for those jobs. Oh, wow. that's, that's, I think my job is, I think, you know, um, is to get them out in the work world. That's my ultimate goal and try to the right way. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode really ended it on up for swing there. And, uh, and that's inevitable. What these guys are doing, yeah, upward swings to come, upward swings to come for sure. And uh, if you want to check the, more about their program out, remember it is Industrial Diesel Mechanics, Laurel, L-A-U-R-E-L, Oaks on Facebook. They got a Facebook page full of pictures of Gary with his students and the projects they're working on. It's very cool. Go check it out right now. Hey, if you've got an idea for something you'd like to hear on the podcast, something topic you'd like to cover, feedback on this uh, experimental style that I'm doing right now, please forgive any goof ups in the editing. A lot of stuff just got um, hashed out because of user error. We'll say that. And uh, yeah, have you got any feedback on season two? We'll call it the experiment. Season one, the rough draft. Season two, the experiment continues. Let us know. Guess you want on. Guess you got a program like this you want to highlight. Please don't feel like you're bragging. You are inspiring. Uh, let us feature your program. Reach out. Contact us. Our email is shopclasspodcast at gmail.com. 
Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Shop Class Podcast, with uh, Instagram probably be our, being our most active medium. But uh, reach out on Facebook or Twitter, or hit us up personally on Instagram, Mr. G's Workshop, or Jack of All Learning, periods between the words. You guys know where to find us, and I'm going to leave you with a little bit of words of wisdom here from our friend Gary. The saying I have in my class is, unless a man undertakes more than he possibly can do, he will never do all that he can, which I think that's pretty cool. And uh, I'm famous for, I asked my wife once again, dragging home too many projects. That, <laughs> Thank you again for listening. In the next episode, we will be talking to a familiar colleague from a previous episode and collaboration that can take place through the written word, a few visuals, and over a thousand miles. Stay tuned, that will be released October 26th.